Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground. What up? That's right. Bishop T in the house. Bishop T. <laughs> so I have to like fight every urge within me to not like want to make the intro music noises with my mouth. <laughs> it's not quite singing along because there's not like words. Right. But I want to be like, <laughs> like I want to do that just try like, on the mic while it's going on. Trying to avoid that. But I also don't right. because no one needs to hear that. No, they really don't. I, I just wanted to share it though. That so now you know anytime I'm on it and that music is going, I'm fighting every urge within me to like beatbox along. I'm, I'm with you. I'm fighting the urge to dance, and this is video. I can't <laughs> oh, do that. We're on video. Yeah, we weren't on video before. Okay, and I didn't have to worry about it. You just now, need to now not. It's like you need to not tell anybody when you're on video. <laughs> so oh, so they'll the other... do, so they'll do things not realizing that they're being recorded. Well, it's a cool song. We have a cool intro song. It's, it's pretty fun. neat. Hey, welcome to New Hope Underground, and this is a special episode that we're going to be doing every once in a while. Basically, it's like a preview of our series that's coming up on Sunday mornings. So I think I've entitled it Series Overview. Mm. Do, you, do you feel like that's clear, though? Like, I don't know. Do you think people will get that? I don't know. <clears throat> I, I wish I was a little bit more clever, had a yeah, better name. I wish you were more clever, too. I know. It's been the story of my life. <laughs> but uh, we are we actually... Last time we did a series overview, uh, we was our very first one we ever did, because New Hope Underground just kind of came back and we just started that. Yeah, for a long story short. Yeah, for we've just been. I mean, it's a been a two month series, so it is. We've just not had to do another one because we're right on the tail end of this one. Yeah, two month series. So now we're getting ready to start another new series, and so we want to talk about that. Now this is a sh- little bit of a shorter one. <laughs> we're swinging. We're swinging the total opposite direction. Because rather than doing two months, we're just doing two weeks. Instead of doing short story long, which you would think would be the... <laughs> short story long. That's what, we, that's, that's what we've been two, doing. Man, we missed an opportunity there. We should have we called that. It's a two-week series called short story long. <laughs> it could have been a great follow We're taking follow-up. one verse, and we're just going to preach about it right. ad nauseum for it's only, two It's weeks. only two Sundays, but it's like four hours apiece. <laughs> I love it. Man, what a missed opportunity. We missed it. Missed it. We, we called it something else. Yeah. And what what do, what are we calling it? No, uh, yeah, this series is called The Road to Easter. Um, and I, I don't know, it's been cool to, I mean, one of the purposes of the previous series we were in, long story short, was looking at, uh, I mean, almost the biblical literacy of the Old Testament of recognizing that it wasn't a bunch of disconnected stories and um, but actually was pointing to Christ all along and we put it intentionally leading up to Easter but we ended it a couple weeks ahead of Easter like we didn't butt that story right up to Easter because we actually wanted to take a few weeks to because the story the road to Easter series this two-week series is basically asking the question why the cross right like why did Jesus actually have to die on a cross. Like why was the crucifixion necessary? What did the crucifixion accomplish? Which then dovetails perfectly into Easter where I'm going to be spoilers uh talking about why the resurrection. Not mm. ju- like mm. we're not just proclaiming that Jesus did rise from the dead. I'm going to be talking about why Jesus 
it was necessary for him to rise from the dead. Right. And so anyway, though it kind of connects with that two week series, the road to Easter and how this has been God's plan all along. Yeah. Which is quite shocking in and of itself. When we start to look at the long story short. Yeah. You know, know, I think that's now this is just two weeks and you and I are preaching and I had to ask you what the name of it was. <laughs> so you how much of a fool I am. Sure. But, um, <laughs> sure. You're supposed to disagree on that a little bit. No. It's, oh, uh, no, that, no. That's okay. No, as far as, as, far as this goes, I mean, um, it, it, the, here's the thing that blows me away, is that the, the cross, when we talk about the cross, and you know, since I was a little kid, you know, I remember hearing stories constantly about the cross. I, I went to a church that practiced communion every single week. Yeah. And you did too, actually, mm-hmm. kind of grew up yeah. in the same kind of church. And in that regard, we heard stories about the crucifixion all the time, in yeah. the resurrection all the time. Lots of co- communion meditations. Yes, communion meditations. And in doing that, which I think has been really good you yeah. know, for me, but in doing that, it's like, okay, this is the simplest message, mm. and at the same time, it's so complicated. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what kind of is profound to me does that make sense to you oh no absolutely no that's huge and yeah so i mean so basically this series is going to be us really looking at one passage uh one that's kind of will provide the theme i mean we're going to be looking at different passages both weeks to talk about i mean because really what we're kind of doing i mean not to like get into the theological deep end right we're going to be talking about atonement theory Yes. That there have theologically throughout church history been different understandings or emphases on what Jesus actually accomplished whenever he died on the cross, when he was crucified. Right. And there's one uh, particular verse in Colossians, in the book of Colossians, in Colossians 2, that names kind of the two primary ones that we're going to focus on and names them back to back. Sometimes they're talked about almost as in competition with each other, like, oh, this one's right and this one's wrong. When the truth is, when we look at the passage, it's like, no, they're both there. They're both valid. And so we're going to kind of tease out. Both valid meaning atonement theories. In terms of atonement theories. When we see atonement theories, we're just talking about what Jesus did on the cross. This is what this is Trying to explain theologically, when Jesus died, what was he actually doing when he was dying on the cross? What did it actually accomplish? And why was it necessary? And why was it necessary? Mm. Atonement theories speak to that and try to explain it to the best of our, and I mean, that's even recognizing, again, and we've talked about this before, I had a professor who would always say, in life we can have a true word, but not a final word. Like we're never going to have speak to the absolute totality of a topic that I can say true things about it, but because we're finite right. beings, we don't always, uh, you know, get the final word on it. And so that's kind of the way it is. With and it, let's be with honest. Atonement. It's a very good disclaimer too. Yeah, no, that is good because <laughs> what, what, what's going to happen with this is both weeks when we're talking about these two back-to-back atonement theories, we're going to be saying true words about them. Mm-hmm. We're going to show what the scriptures say about it. Knowing that, I mean, these topics have been talked about for 2,000 years, and if not, and it has not been exhausted, and we're not going to exhaust it in these two messages. Well, let's give a little bit of a preview. With the, why don't you read the passage yeah, of Colossians? Absolutely. And then why don't we talk about the kind of two atonement theory ideas, maybe a little bit more in detail here, that we're not going to be able to necessarily approach in the, in the yeah, sermons. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, yeah, the, the passage we're going to be looking at, it's uh, five or three verses, I'm sorry. It's Colossians chapter 2. Uh, 13 through 15. And Paul writes this. He says, When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, 
God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. That's the first theory. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And then here's the second one. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So I'm going to be covering the first, I guess it'd be technically, technically the second verse, verse 14. And you're really going to be covering verse 15 in your message because I'm doing the first week, you're doing the second week. And so that idea right. of having canceled the charge of legal indebtedness, um, the, the theological term that is used to capture that idea is, uh, it's a um, uh, substitutionary. Yeah, it's a substitutionary atonement. Right. I was trying to think about that first word. That's okay. Was. The substitutionary atonement that essentially a debt is owed, and rather than me paying it myself, because we know that the wages of sin is death, if I pay the debt myself, that's hell for eternity. So instead, Jesus took my place and paid the debt himself. It said that he paid it himself and canceled it by dying on the cross. So he was, he was a substitute in my place to pay for the debt that I owed. And so that's a very simple way of explaining substitutionary atonement. There's a lot of questions that even come around that as well, which I don't know if we'll necessarily get into, <laughs> but sure. like I said, you can go pretty deep in the weeds. Yeah. And there's, and there's a lot of history and tradition where substitutionary atonement, it's not like we just pulled out of the blue. Yeah. Oh, it's hundreds and hundreds of years old, yeah. Right, and, and a lot of people that are examining the scriptures carefully, trying to figure out what, why the cross, why it was necessary. And the second part of that passage, we read in verse 15, he also disarmed the rulers and authorities, and the ESV actually puts this phrase, and I didn't hear you say this in the NIV, and put them to open shame. Yeah, that's what uh, this said, made a public spectacle. Public spectacle. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's By cool. triumphing over them in him. And what, who are the rulers and authorities? Yeah. I think it's the same way in the way that uh, Paul uses it in Ephesians 6. Mm. Powers of darkness, rulers of authorities. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. That same kind of thing. So that's what we're talking about is a de- kind of a demonic or the devil himself mm. being you know, kind of a ruler of this world. And so the second kind of theory or idea is that Jesus went to the cross to beat the devil, mm. you know, basically. That the devil really had no idea mm. what hit him. Yeah. Uh, he thought he had him down and out, you know, by having him and, and dead. So but. Some of the idea behind even that, because the, the term that's typically used for the atonement theory is Christus Victor. It's yes. Latin, it means Christ the victor. Exactly. Christ the winner. Um, is the idea that, like, with Adam and Eve, there was some sort of a transfer of dominion or power. Adam and Eve were meant to be god's vice regents of the world mm-hmm. of, and somehow that was seeded or given to the enemy at the fall into sin or whatever again there's different understandings of that um and so christ the second adam take took it back at the cross and the devil did not see it coming and again centuries of discussion yeah. comment and also just because it's obviously there in the scripture yeah that jesus went to the cross and proved victorious somehow over the de- devil. Somehow defeated the dark powers. Exactly. Which sounds like an amazing fantasy science fiction novel. Right. <laughs> but it's real life. <laughs> as much as I love that stuff, I'm like, no, this is real life. I don't I don't have to fantasize or pretend. This is actually real. It, real. it happened. And death itself. Yeah. Conquering death itself. Yeah. So basically, what we're going to try to accomplish in these two sermons then 
is that you and I kind of both agree mm. that that there is validity to both of these yeah. ideas. It's not one or the other. Because and, and I know a lot of people argue one or the other. Yeah, and like historically, these are often argued as an either or. Yes. But it's kind of put head to head. Which you and I were laughing about it when we first began to kind of brainstorm for these two weeks leading up to Easter. I mean, you look at that, like Paul literally in one breath says both of those theories back to back mm. when he's saying, hey, man, you, you were dead in your sins and transgressions, and this is how you were made alive to God because Christ was nailed to the cross, canceling the legal debt, and defeated the dark powers. Mm. He names them back. I mean, that's just back to back, you know, um, sequels of the same movie you know, type of thing. Um, so Yeah, so instead of, instead of trying to pit them against each other, I think what we're going to try to do in this series is is talk about talk about both mm. just as equally, just like Paul does here in Colossians, like you just stated, but uh, also for the sake of uh, of us. I mean, as we're trying to be students of the Bible, as we're trying to uh, pursue Jesus, is it possible that both these things are true? <laughs> yeah, which is so funny. I mean, when All you, these when you think about so much of life is more than just one thing, mm. like. Yes, I am the the son of Alan and Susan, but I'm also the brother of Wes, the husband of Lindsay, the father of Addison and Felicity. I am I am more than one thing. I am all of those things at the same time. Um, and so it, there's a similar to that. Like both both of these things are true and can be true at the same time. So it, well, hopefully in the end, when it comes to after we're done with this two these two weeks, there'll be a perfect lead in. To Easter, we discuss why the resurrection was also needed. Yeah. Essential, if you will. And so my hope, and I mean, I'm kind of putting this plug out even as I say it, because we're going to be in the week leading up to Easter, we're actually going to have a Good Friday service. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important because I think there was confusion in times before that people showed up on Friday night thinking it was one of our Easter services. So they've got their <laughs> pastels on and they're ready to celebrate the resurrection. And they're like, why is it? Why is the mood dark and somber in here? As we, <laughs> we, as we, we thought Jesus was raised. Like, oh no, he's just about to die. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't died yet. You got to wait for him to die. But Sunday's coming. Yeah, but Sunday's coming. <laughs> um, but still, like, I'm hoping that these two weeks inform and lead into then on Good Friday when we gather at the Good Friday service that Friday evening to take communion together and to remember the cross. That people have a richer understanding of what Jesus actually did when he died. Mm. So, and then I think we'll make Sunday morning, the resurrection, even mm. more poignant. Mm. And to really, my prayer is that uh, people listening will, will come to even, a, even more, if it's possible, appreciation of the actual sacrifice that Jesus made and what God was actually doing, totally motivated out of love. Mm. You know, no other really motivation. Yeah. You know, I... Before we before we end this, why don't we tie up by telling everybody, uh, reminding us what is going on as far as Easter, Good Friday service, what times, yeah. what time are our services and things like that, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so our Good Friday service is, uh, it's Friday night. Uh, I think we're having the Good Friday service at both our uh, Newton and Effingham campuses, mm -hmm. same time, 7 p.m., um, it's going to be a very simple strip back. I mean, it, this was right. the last several years that we've done this and it, it has now be, become a regular rhythm that we want to live in. Um, it, it's not a 
It's April 15th. Yeah, I was going to say. 7 p.m. Yeah, 7 p.m. that Friday night, that good Friday, um, where we'll take communion together, hear the story of the crucifixion. And it's just a sweet time of worship and just remembering the cross together. It's going to be a very simple service. Um, And then uh, on... Uh, for the rest of Easter weekend, I should say, I shouldn't say just Easter Sunday, that we actually have uh, three services for our Effingham campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturday night, or Saturday, I guess it would be evening, uh, it's 5 p.m.? I believe that's correct. Yeah, 5, 5 p.m. for mm-hmm. our uh, Saturday night Easter service, and then Sunday morning will be our regular service times of 8.45 and 10.30. And then uh, at our Newton campus, it'll be their normal time, uh, 9 p.m. Hey, fantastic. Hey, thanks for joining me again. And hopefully that's a good wrap-up for you as far as at least an idea of what the series is going to be on the road to Easter. Yeah. And that'll be starting in a couple of weeks here. So we'll be starting April 3rd. And April 10th be the road to Easter, and then April 17th, Easter itself. Yeah. So uh, invite people. Absolutely. Invite yeah. people, because we're going to be talking about, I don't know, Jesus, the cross, resurrection. You know, hmm. nothing, 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 nothing huge, nothing absolutely <laughs> central to our faith. Other than just totally life-changing, <laughs> other than that. 